Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode number 22. Hi everyone, I hope you had a blessed week and once again thanks for tuning in. I can't even believe we're on episode 22. Time is just flying and all the more reason why this week's episode is really, really apt for the time that we're in. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast over the last three weeks, you will have listened to my series on low mood and depression where I focused on how these two conditions could likely affect your life, your job and the running or even starting of your business. There's no doubt that if you suffer from low mood or depression, the last thing you'll be inspired to do is to start your liberation business. Heck, sometimes you won't even be able to motivate yourself to eat or do the things you love, much less find the motivation to start your own business. And in that moment, if you recognise yourself here, I want you to think about the one thing you are likely to hate more than the thoughts that hold you back from starting your business. And that's what today's episode is all about. Today, I can reveal that the greatest motivation to get you to start your own business that I have discovered in over 30 years of working with African descent people is the hatred of your job. And so today's episode is called The Biggest Motivation to Kickstart Your Living Your Best Life Plans. There is nothing more septic than the effect you feel when you have to get up and go and do a job that you wish you didn't have to do. Nothing gets under your skin more than the routine of the day job. Now, I've worked in employment rights for over 30 years. In fact, I've never stopped working in that field. And in all that time, what I have discovered is that poor mental health or good mental health, there is nothing that gets to workers more than the hatred of the day job. So today, I want to talk about the reasons you might hate your job, because I hope you see yourself in at least one of those hatred reasons, so that you'll see that even though you may suffer from low mood or depression, and this might be a demotivating factor in your life, there might well be stronger motivations to do something to change your life. And those stronger motivations can help to overpower the impact of low mood and depression or any other demotivation trigger you might be feeling. Over the last two years in particular, it's been a real journey working with people who are dissatisfied with their jobs. And what I found is that black workers in some cases have different reasons to white workers for hating their jobs. 
There are some reasons that are the same, but there are some reasons that are different. And it's these reasons which I want to talk about today, because I see myself in those reasons. And in some cases, the reasons that black workers struggle with today were the same reasons I struggled with 10 years ago. And the focus of today is to try to move us on. Yes, we know we've got low mood and or depression or whatever is holding us back, but we have to move on from there. And we have to move on because if we don't, then we lose the opportunity or we miss out on the opportunity or we delay the opportunity to start living our best life. So if you're ready, here goes. At number five, black workers hate the fact that they are pigeonholed into jobs which are well below their talent and skills. Despite the fact that black women rank among some of the highest qualified workers in the country, black women are not reflected in the same representative numbers in some of the highest jobs in their field. No, where you'll find a black woman is in some of the lowest paying, back-breaking jobs in the country. Typically, black women can be found amongst the rank and file of jobs of cleaners and cooks and any other role that seems to categorise where Western societies feel comfortable with black women being. And black men don't fare any better. Black men can be found in jobs such as street cleaners and delivery drivers. And as if that's not enough, research shows that black workers are some of the most overrepresented workers in casual and insecure contracts where you are most likely to be vulnerable to exploitation. It seems that in Western societies, whilst we get all the smiles and, you know, what's happening to you isn't right, there is a general culture of comfortableness with black workers being in the visibly lowest forms of employment. Now, I'm not intending to take away the nobility of our people who do these jobs rather than sitting on benefits complaining about having no choice in their lives. Nah, that's not what I'm saying. And I'm not taking away from those people who have no choice but to sit on benefits. What I'm saying is that it is well known that if our people are cleaners and cooks and drivers or people on benefits, we're going to be some of the best in the game at what we have to do. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that those in our communities who are focused on trying to make the best of a bad situation will employ all kinds of skills to make it. Black people will employ all kinds of survival strategies that we don't even know we have to try to minimise the impact of the demeaning situation we find ourselves in. We're not stupid. We know if we're on the bottom of the ladder, but we still make it a kingly and queenly experience. And what I am saying is that if that be the case, if we can put our best efforts into doing any job or dealing with any situation that we find soul-destroying, 
it would be just as easy to put that energy into starting our own side hustle or our own small business where you can begin to make new money to plan to live your best life. Oftentimes, you'll hear people talk about our young people who hustle on the streets. And what they're not realising is that in a job where they're almost living as an underclass in societies all over the Western world, they're using some of the top, toppest quality skills in order to get through a hustling day. And what I'm saying is that there is just something in our nature where we are the best at what we do, no matter what we do. And if that be the case, it would be just as easy to put those skills and those energies into starting our own side hustle or small business so that we can make real concrete plans to live our best lives. At number four, black workers hate the fact that they are passed over for promotion, but expected to train the person who they know will be promoted above them. How many of us have been through that situation? You're expected to train that person who you know is going to be promoted above you, even though you know that person will be promoted with less experience. Doesn't it make you want to rag somebody's hair out? How many times has this happened to you or to people who you know? It's certainly happened to me more than once and continue to happen to me right up until the day I quit my job. There can be nothing worse than having to take orders from someone who isn't capable of walking in your shoes. And then to make matters worse, after you've trained them to be your boss, you still have to keep supporting the idiot person because they have no idea how to do the job without you. If that doesn't motivate you to start exploring, starting your own business, then you're not valuing yourself worth enough to do something to liberate yourself from the nonsense. If this is one of the experiences that aggravates your low mood or depression, today is the day you have to make a decision to want better for yourself. At number three is being paid less for doing the same job as your white colleagues. What's worse is that you're not stupid. You know you're being paid less for doing the same work. Research conducted by the TUC, that's the Trade Union Congress, in 2015 showed that black workers can expect to earn up to £200 a week less than white workers on permanent contracts. Whilst an article written by The Guardian in December 2018 shocked no one when it said that BME workers were losing out on £3.2 in lost wages every year. Now, if you're overqualified for the job you're doing, then passed over for promotion so you can continue to give best efforts in jobs that contribute to the effectiveness of the business whilst you train weaker colleagues to be your boss only to find that you're going to be paid as much as £200 a week less for the privilege, then don't you think it's time to stop getting mad and start getting even?
by exploring what else you can be doing to at least give yourself a chance at a way out, then don't you think you should be looking at giving yourself that choice? Don't you think that whilst you're going home every night, vexed that people think you're a fool, you should be the one laughing on the other side of your face because you've got plans for those unused skills of yours? Don't you think it's time that you elevated yourself to your rightful place as someone who has a choice about whether they go to a demeaning job every day or not? At number two is the separate and unequal treatment you are regularly subjected to. This type of treatment is typified by having your work scrutinised to within an inch of its life or being called back to complete the extra work that needs to be done whilst your white colleagues are able to go home earlier than you, or even being subjected to covert types of exclusion where your colleagues are given information that makes them look good in the beauty contest lineup of good workers, whilst you are not given that information, and all kinds of treatment that you receive at work that makes you feel less than, that makes you feel demeaned. I know as you're listening to this, you're going to feel uncomfortable because in the last five years, black workers have been made to feel uncomfortable talking about these things because of the growth of active reverse racism techniques, where the use of those techniques makes it feel uncomfortable to talk about racist things that happen to you at work. Because the focus of such techniques is to make the perpetrator the victim and the victim the perpetrator. But let me tell you, nothing has changed for black workers. If anything, things have got worse. There are numerous amounts of research and write-ups about black workers with African-sounding names, for example, not being interviewed for jobs or not being interviewed for public-facing or customer-facing type jobs. And as if to make matters worse, it's typical to find yourself as a black worker being racially abused by white customers who feel emboldened to tell you that they're not going to take a service from you. And when you talk about it at work, the response will generally be, Oh, Asha, come on. You know, everybody goes through that. You're so serious. You know, you just need to sort of polish off them chips on your shoulder. If this is your experience, don't you think you owe it to yourself to take your shoulder chips, polish them and start your own small business or side hustle with them so you don't have to be treated like a fourth class citizen at work? Don't you think it's time? Because I certainly do. When I have to listen to people's experiences over and over and over again and the helplessness that I hear in people's voices, I certainly think it's time for us to grab the power we think we don't have and to do something to begin to liberate ourselves and our lives. And I'm now down to the number one reason that is the biggest motivation you can find to kickstart your living your best life in Africa plans. 
And that number one reason, the final, most gut-wrenching, most annoying, most blood-boiling thing that makes black workers hate their jobs or hate going to work is Brexit. And Brexit is a typically UK experience. But there are equivalent experiences all over the Western world. From which rock did some of your colleagues crawl out from under to think that it's okay to use Brexit in all its connotations to make you feel that despite being a legitimate citizen of the UK, with all your UK citizenship rights, that you have somehow taken something away from them that does not belong to you, like your job. From which rock? Black workers have never faced a more hostile environment in the workplace than the work environments we are facing now. With every Tom, Dick and Julie feeling free to express their views about why it's time to take their country back and make white countries great again. From which rock? Suddenly, Brexit has given a new vocabulary and a new sense of purpose to even the most ignorant of doorknobs to challenge black workers, not just in work, but in every aspect of our lives that surround getting to and from work and everything in between. For example, you're leaving your house to walk to work and they don't want to move on the pavement so you can get past or getting on the bus and seeing them sit on the outside of the seat and not move because they don't want you to sit next to them and throwing shade whilst they're doing it. Or walking to work and hearing someone say that it won't be long before you'll have to leave and fuck off back to your own country where you came from. And you laugh because you were born in Peckham or Leeds. It's terrible. And what's worse, no one is talking about it because... Well, as black people in the UK, we've been living our lives like this all our lives. So we just get on with it. But I say, at what point do we begin to institute Blacksit? What is it going to take for black workers in the Western world to say to ourselves that enough is enough and black workers are exiting these environments that are not good for our health because we're accepting that there can be no greater motivation to make a plan to liberate ourselves than a plan that will give us a choice about whether we have to subject ourselves to this nonsense every day. And what greater plan can you have than a plan to start your own business to make that new money so you can buy yourself out of your day job and live your best life? Now, you might be saying that my vision of getting yourself out of your day job, what I'm calling Blacksit, is easier said than done. And you're right. Anything that you are going to put your sweat into is going to be hard. But remember, I belong to the Don't Get Mad, Get Even Club, where I prefer to do rather than to solely talk about or dream about doing. And I want you to be a member of that club too. I am not going to leave you to do this on your own. So over the next three months, 
I'm inviting you to stay tuned to the podcast. If you know people who fit the experiences that I have talked about in this session, then let them know that I am inviting you to stay tuned to the podcast because I'm going to take you on a podcast journey of all things starting your black business. These next series of podcasts are going to coincide with the next launch of my Seven Passions Masterclass, where I take you through the seven passions you can use to start a business that will make you your new money that you can put towards buying yourself out of your day job. But you're going to need to stay tuned to the podcast so you're the first in line to register for the masterclass when it goes live in two months time. Britain is getting ready to crash out of the EU and we already know that whenever Britain catches a cold, black people in Britain catch hell. So we have to be ready for this with counteraction too. And I'm saying that over the next three months, we are going to start that process of Blacksit. And if you want to be part of it, tell everybody, tell anyone who you believe fits these experiences that we've been talking about, that I am going to be taking you through an alternative way to deal with the impact. We're going to start next week with the first of these podcast episodes, which is about what you need to know about keeping your job and starting your business. I really, really look forward to seeing you there. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha and I'm out.